The Paunch Stevenson Show. PaunchStevenson.com. Episode 234. Friday, January 10th, 2014. Freedom calls and Pippi runs. The girl who never heard she couldn't do something. Watch out, world, cause here she comes and she's bound to teach you more than This is the Paunch Stevenson Show, paunchstevenson.com, episode 234. I am Rob, you are Greg. Hello. And we are here with super special guest, the, the legendary Tammy Aaron. Welcome to the Paunch Stevenson Show. Thank you. Hi, guys. So... I want to talk about a lot of things, but let's start at the beginning. So, on the Paunch Stevenson Show, Greg and I, we like to discuss uh, behind-the-scenes things and and insider things. So, one thing that's very um, mysterious to us or foreign to us is, is how does someone get into acting or show business? How did you get started? I got started um, when I <clears throat> so I started to get discovered from modeling jobs when I was six. Um, just you know, I, I was at the zoo one time, and then my parents' friends, and um, so forth. So I begged my parents to get me an agent, and um, initially they hesitated a little bit because they didn't know a lot about the business at the time. My dad was a vice president in the beauty industry. My mom was a dance teacher. But finally, when I was eight, I begged them long enough, and they brought me into Elite Model Management, which is one of the biggest modeling agencies in the world. And they Elite gave me a contract in two seconds, and the following week, I did my first national commercial for Carefree Sugarless Sound. So your your biggest role, I guess you're, you're most famous for uh, your role in The New Adventures of Pippi Longstocking. Yes, I'm most famous for Pippi Longstocking, yes. <laughs> so, I, I have two questions for you. Number one, do, do you like that you're most known for that? And number two, um, could you tell us about how how that happened? Sure. Um, I love the character of Pippi. I actually read the book before I even auditioned. I think I was, might have been in second grade. I actually read the Pippi Longstocking books in the library, so I love the character. I can't imagine a better character to play. So, of course, people call me Pippi, and, you know, always, you know, send me fan mail, and I, I love it. It's been a great, great part of my life. Um, so, in terms of the, the audition and casting process, uh, so, Garrison True, who was the casting director that discovered Aileen Quinn, who played Annie, he did a worldwide search 
for the girls who would play Pretty Long Stocking. Um, at the time when we did the movie, at the time when he did the casting, the Pretty Long Stocking book, um, the original book was the 12th most translated book in the world, one, two. So it had incredible international appeal. So we went to London, Paris, and some other European cities to audition young actresses, did a tour around the U.S. My first audition was in Orlando, Florida. It was great to meet him. It was a, it was a great audition. I was a little bit nervous. My mom actually to help me because sometimes I'm very outgoing and sometimes I'm outrageous, but at other times I can be a little bit shy. So in order to help me get out of my shell, she asked me to sing out loud in front of all of these total strangers. The sun will come out tomorrow. You know the theme song from Annie. Yeah. And wow. I, and that was, but you know what? It, it did the trick. I was initially I was like, oh my god, no! Like I don't want to do this. But I did it, and I love singing. I've been doing it my whole life. So I did it. I went in. I did my reading with Garrison, and immediately when I left the audition room. He picked up the phone and he called Ken Anakin, who was the director, and he said, I think we found her. So to, ha- to have him say that after my first audition and then to win the role, eventually out of over 8,000 young actresses worldwide, was very, very exciting. But, you know, uh, further, it wasn't just one audition. There was a callback and then there was a screen test in Los Angeles, and then there was the final screen test. And after the final screen test, that's when I found out that I got the role. And then 15 minutes later, there's a photographer from USA Today in my hotel room suite taking my picture for the cover of the of the life section that was run the next day. So it was like an immediate kind of getting on a rocket ship and taking off. Wow, yeah. So it was like this, this whole whirlwind of activity... It was so exciting. The next morning, when I opened the door to my hotel room suite, there's USA Today lining the halls. That's when it actually hit me. Like, oh my gosh, I'm in not only all these people's newspapers, I'm in every people's newspaper. Like, oh my gosh, it was amazing. And then I did a, a, a press uh, press conference that day for the international press, and I wound up with all these like bundles of all these papers all over the world that I within because they got the role. So yeah, it was quite a whirlwind. And like, I describe it as getting on a rocket ship. Mm, yeah. And, and actually, uh, that, that, uh, trick that, that your mom said to, to sing, the sun will come out tomorrow <laughs> in front of it. If I'm ever in a situation where I'm nervous, I'm going to do that. <laughs> we'll see. I, it probably won't be as good yeah. as, as yours, but, um, so when you say, I know it's just going to be a silly question, but again, this 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 is something we're very fascinated with, and and it's also very foreign to us. But when you say a screen test, can you explain what what that is, or wh- who watches that? A screen test is done just like you're filming a movie or filming an episode of television, you know, on a real soundstage with the real equipment, with the, with the real crew, with the real director, with the producers, there, everybody. So essentially, it's the same as you know doing a movie. It's just that it's not the you know it's not to go into movie theaters. So that that's what the screen test was. And of course, the you know the directors watched it, the producers you know reviewed it, and it was down to so out of the over eight thousand, it came down to myself and two other young actresses, and um, we all got along really great together. It was Jenny Lewis and Shane Masterson. We all got along really super together, and so did our moms. So. Um, 
you know, so that, but that's what the screen test is. It's like, you know, filming a movie or filming television, and they're essentially testing it out to see how you're going to come across on camera and, um, you know, all the, all the specifics. Cool. Um, so what do you think? <laughs> I know it's kind of a, 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 a weird question, but what, what do you think made you stand out compared to Jenny Lewis and the other person? Well, I know based on what I've been told by, so for example, Ken Anakin, who is the director, he directed over 50 movies, many of them for Disney. He was a member of the Academy and nominated for an Academy Award. When I was cast when I was 11, he actually, because we had such great chemistry, he became my second dad. So I'll tell you from his perspective why he chose me. First, he said, he told, I think it was the LA Times, that I radiate sunshine, that when I smile, everyone's happy. So that's definitely a characteristic for Kippy, you know, with her outgoing spirit and, and you know, her outrageous ways. But beyond that, the thing that set me apart, Jenny has been movies is fantastic. She's in a band now and saves great actress that's different in looks than I am. But I think that what actually was really a game changer for me getting the role was the experience I had in not only the acting, but dancing and singing and horseback riding stunts and gymnastics and tumbling. Plus the fact that I look like Tiffy Longstocking. And also, I'm kind of, at the time, I'm much more of a glamour girl now. But at the time, growing up with three brothers, I was a bit of a tomboy. So I wasn't like the cutesy Shirley Temple kind of Hollywood, you know, young actor. I was more authentic. So it was all those talents that I had that I could bring to the role and do my own stunts, plus the acting, but plus that I was real and authentic. So that's, that's what, those are the reasons why, why Ken Anakin chose me. Do you have any memorable moments or memorable stories from, from working on that movie, being on set? I have so many. One of my, so there's, there's a few of them. So understanding, I'm a mess actor. I was given free reign to live as Tippi Longstocking for three and a half months, which is a lot, gives <laughs> you a lot of options. Um, and I definitely lived up to, I mean, we just did some really funny, crazy stuff. We were on set, like one day it was raining, so we had to stop production. And instead of using a regular umbrella, I actually took one of the umbrellas from one of the, like, the big tables, one of the gigantic ones, and I was just walking down the street with it, with fans asking me for my autograph. Very kind of funny, cute stuff. Um, but one of the things that I really appreciated professionally, I've always been able to, as an actress, I've always been able to cry on cue. And that was another reason why they chose me. There is a scene in the movie where Pippi is standing at the window talking to her mom, and I had to cry. So when I did the scene, I just did it, you know, like I did every other scene. You know, I'm just committed, and, you know, I'm not thinking about anything else, and I'm being the character. But once I did my first take, the whole set, like, erupted in applause. And I was like, oh, my God, it was that good? I was like, I'm so proud. Like, I was so proud because it wasn't, you know, trying to cry on camera is a unique thing. Some people can do it naturally. Some people have to have the teardrops put in their eyes in order to pretend that they're crying. So when I heard all that applause, I was gave myself a little pat on the shoulder for doing that. Um, but we also did some crazy stuff. We had our own golf carts when we were on set. We would drive around and, you know, do whatever we wanted and, you know, play with the animals and talk to the fans and, you know, just have a lot of, a lot of fun. They treated us just 
wonderfully, and we had a great time. It was very much the whole cast and crew, while we were filming for that three and a half months, we became like a big family, which was really, really fun and very special. I have a question. So you might not want to give away your secret, but I've always wondered, I, I, I'm, I'm not an actor, Greg's not an actor, but I've always wondered, how, how do people cry on cue? It's called, it's called emotional recall. So you think, you think back to something that made you cry. Hopefully it's something similar to what the character is experiencing. And that's where you get the emotions from. Wow. I, I, I gotta tell you, I can't do that. <laughs> I know, not a lot of people can. That's why they have the menthol, so blow menthol in the actor's eyes to make them cry. Oh. If they can't, if the actor's not able to do it themselves, they'll blow the menthol because it makes their their eyes water. But then some people can just do it. For me, you know, I've had a great life. I don't know why I have this talent. I don't know how. I've always loved acting ever since I was a little girl. I was kind of a force of nature where I would go from, you know, I would entertain my family by creating a character or doing a scene or I would do a little cheer with a cheerleader. I would do a song or a dance. That's just the way I was. So I think for me, it just came naturally to me. Um, I don't know. It's just something that comes natural to me. But it also was kind of a little special thing that I could always pull out of my pocket that not everyone else could, could do. Mm. Now, so would you say you're more of a, would you prefer to be more of a dramatic actor or humorous comedic actor? How would you classify yourself? You know, it's a good question because the movies that I've done, it's such a wide variety. I've played the hero. You know, I've played Elon Stocking, obviously. I've been in psychological thrillers. Um, I have a new psychological thriller coming up where I'm playing a star that's being stalked. Um, I would say, for me as a person, I love comedy. I started watching Saturday Night Live when I was eight years old, so that definitely shaped my sense of humor. And I always love to make, I'm, I'm a goofball. I'm a, a big goofball when it comes to, you know, my, my family and friends and all of that. Um, but with dramatic acting, it's, it's kind of really rich. Comedy is, is fun and fantastic. But if you can find a role where, you know, there's some real meat and depth to the character, it's very interesting to kind of, you know, dig inside the, the mind of the character and what they're experiencing and, and how you want to how you want to play it. So, um, you know, I don't think, I wouldn't say that I'm one or the other. I would say that I, I embrace both, but for different reasons. Uh, so <laughs> it's funny you mentioned SNL because Greg and I, we, we love <laughs> SNL and we, and we grew up with that. So who, who were some of your favorite cast members? Oh my gosh, Steve Martin was my favorite hands down. I <laughs> loved him. And also, is it Lily Tomlin? Sometimes yeah. I pronounce it wrong. Sometimes I say Tomlinson. And then also um, John Belushi. Right. And he, yes. he came from Wheaton. Yeah, and he came from Wheaton, Illinois, which is actually where I grew up in Chicago until I was nine. Um, so, yeah, I would say those are the those are the ones that stood out in my mind. And some of the sketches were so funny. Like, I'll remember sometimes these obscure sketches and I'll tell them to my friends and just make them crack up. But... I think it was it was actually a good choice that my parents shared that with us um, because, you know, they raised them as a pretty funny family. Like, we're all very good. We all have a great sense of humor. And, um, 
you know, but I would have to say I'm, I'm the most, um, out of my brothers, I'm the biggest ham. I'm the one that tells the most jokes. And I don't, and the thing about when I tell jokes, I tell jokes because they amuse me. If everyone else laughs, then that's a bonus to me. So that's kind of another part of my sense of humor. Right. So wait, so were, were you ever into the people like, like Adam Sandler or David Spade or, or, or was that like you had moved on already? No, I've, yes, I've seen, I, I, I do watch them now often, periodically, but I can't say that I know a lot of the names of the actors. I recognize them, but I don't, I don't necessarily know their names. I don't watch it religiously, but mm-hmm. on occasion, I, I definitely watch it. Um, Seth, Seth Myers is one of them. He's really yeah. funny. Yeah, but, he's yeah. good. And of course, I love Adam Sandler. Who doesn't love Adam Sandler? <laughs> <laughs> Now, I was going to ask, um, do you get a lot of requests um, because you were Pippi Longstocking? It was kind of like a 1980s symbol, if you want to say. Do you get a lot of requests from like current comedy shows, uh, the How I Met Your Mothers and those types of things to like guest stars? Seems like they always have a lot of, you know, the, the people who were, you know, had really big parts in the 80s and 90s come on those. Yeah, so my agent and my manager handle all of the requests that come in. Um, oftentimes, you know, it is true that when they do hire me for something, they're actually looking for me specifically. So it's not, you know, sometimes the castings are they're looking for someone that looks like this or this type of actor or whatever. Um, so, yeah, things, come, things do come along. You know, that I was on the Tim and Eric Awesome, uh, Tim and Eric Awesome show that they did with um, Zach Galifianakis was also in it and, uh, you know, in The Hangover. And John C. Riley from uh, what was it, Chicago, and a bunch of other movies. And they yeah. also did for that particular one. I had no idea when I did their. I just had one audition. So the Tim and Eric production offices got in touch with my agent and asked me to come in. I went in. I did one audition. They gave me the, the role. Um, and then it had a national tour along with it, which is actually rare for um, for for a show to have as a national tour as well. But that's when I found out what a huge following they had because they wound up with a ton of fan mail flooding in while they were doing the tour about my, my comedy sketches in it. So that was actually pretty cool. They have a very interesting, they have a very unique uh, style of comedy that apparently started with just the two of them, Tim and Eric, just kind of playing around and, and taping it. So it's, it's pretty cool to see how it, you know, developed for them. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you about that because that's um, at least the episodes that I've seen. I remember when it was back on Adult Swim, but it's, it's a very strange and bizarre show. <laughs> so I was gonna ask you how you how you uh, fit in. Could, yeah, like how how you clicked with with that. I guess uh, a brand of humor. I had a great time with them on the set. I had a great time with Tim and Eric on the set, and you know it's all in good fun in comedy. That's the thing. It's all in good fun. You can, you know, you can pretty much say and do whatever you feel like doing in the moment. And if they give you the opportunity to do improv as well, I love improv. So, you know, it was all in good fun. It's all tongue-in-cheek. I know that they definitely pushed the envelope and strange would probably be an appropriate word. But they also have a very big following, which shows that there's a lot of people that like that style of comedy. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah I remember that. That did have a cult following. Yeah. Um, who's your inspiration and who do you, um, 
who do you look up to or 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 admire as as an actor or or a performer who 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 inspires you? I would have to say as far as female actresses, I love Meryl Streep and Julia Roberts, and also Jennifer Lawrence. I think is phenomenal. Um, as far as males, I love Jack Nicholson. I actually was in Pebble Beach golfing with him, which was super cool. And Dustin Hoffman, I think, is amazing. Um, and of course, you know George Clooney, like so handsome, and you know Brad Pitt, they're great. As far as um, performers. I love Lady Gaga and Britney Spears. I love Miley Cyrus. I don't care if she puts clothes on. I don't care if she has a foam finger. She can do what she wants. <laughs> <laughs> she has her work cut out for her. I love that she went on SNL and she said that Hannah Montana, you know, had been murdered. I thought that was super funny because going from everybody knowing you as a child actor to having to put yourself out there as, you know, a 20-year-old girl and say, look, you know, I have sexuality, I have personality, I can be outrageous if I want to, and I've got, you know, all this talent, and I don't need to be seen as Hannah Montana. That was a long time ago. So right. I think that she did a great job at breaking the child star mold, and I think that it might have been planned, but I really, but who cares? Who cares who it was? It's the entertainment industry. <laughs> right. Fabulous. And, she, but, and hopefully, though, I think the twerking, she definitely got it started. That's one thing that, like, Hopefully they come up with a new dance because the twerk is like kind of getting old. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. See, so so you you're you're a, a a laid back humorous person. You have a you have a, a fun personality, right? Yes. So that's what I'm told. <laughs> right. So so what toys or TV shows or things like that were you into growing up, and are you into now? Wow. So growing up, um, that's a good question. Of course, there was SNL, which was different than most of the stuff that I watched. But, you know, there was a lot of, there were a lot of Disney movies. I, I did see Annie probably 25 times. <laughs> um, you know, Gilligan's Island and, um, just, you know, most of the, most of the mainstream, uh, shows, Growing Pains and all of that, um, and now there's, you know, there's a wide range. I love the show New Girl. I think it's hilarious. Um, I actually love the reality TV shows, like the Housewives shows. They, they really get into those cat fights, but it's kind of juicy. Like, I just, it's a guilty pleasure. I can't look away. Unfortunately, we live around. We, uh, we, we live around some of those, uh, <laughs> Some of those characters. Oh, the Jersey Shore. Yeah, yeah, so we're we're in New Jersey, and we had ever since the Jersey Shore came out, it's like anyone who isn't from New Jersey, like, oh man, is wait, you guys live in New Jersey? Is is it like the Jersey Shore? We're like, no, it's not like it's just entertainment. We're not like that. I promise. I'm like, we do we do have sleeves on our shirts here. <laughs> you know what's really funny is that I actually did live in New Jersey, and I have a similar answer when I tell people that. I tell them I used to live in New Jersey by the beach. You guys know where um, Beale is. Beale is, so Beale is, you know, near the beach. It's by Asbury Park and Oakhurst and all of that yeah. in, in, in Monmouth County. So, yeah, so I, I tell people when I was in New Jersey that I, I lived near the beach. And I said, it's not like the Jersey Shore. It's not like, I mean, Snooki was like the wildest. Thing that, the things that that girl did is like so crazy, but 
you know, I, I'm, I think that for the age demographic that it was for, it was a really funny show because that's what, you know, kids that age are doing. You know, they're getting drunk, they're getting outrageous, they're, you know, getting into trouble, and that's what they find fun. And then, like, Snooki, they grow up, they have babies, then they go on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wait, so, so when did you live in New Jersey? I lived in New Jersey um, during high school. So I lived there from the time that I was 12 till I was 15. Oh, wow. So that, that was the 90s? Okay. So it was during, um, it was my freshman and part of my sophomore year of high school. Mm. Um, so, ah, oh, that's interesting. Do you ever come back? And before that, but before that, you know, I was filming, so I had a tutor. So I wasn't always in public school. Right. Do you ever come back to New Jersey? Um, no. <laughs> I didn't know how to answer that question. You could say not no. because I don't want to go. You know, and you know that, isn't there like a long-running joke of like, you know, you, you live in New Jersey, which exit? Because there's all those freeway exits. So, yes. you know, I mean, it's not that I wouldn't want to go back to New Jersey. I just haven't really had a reason to. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. Unless I want to go there for a really good submarine sandwich. The best. Right. Yeah, the best. Uh, well, I was going to ask, um, the, the first time that I think you actually contacted us for, through an email, it was like three years ago and we dropped the ball and <laughs> didn't get back. To oh it. yeah. Sorry about that. Apologize. Oh no, I remember that quite well. That was in two, <clears throat> 2006. Something like that. Yeah. That was, it was my, you know, I just, it, it was my fault. I apologize. No, you know what was funny about that? So you guys did a show. And you said, so, you know, whatever happens to this girl, Tammy Aaron, who is to be long-stocking. Right. And, yeah. All right. So, and I, at the time, I was like, well, you know, nobody called me. Nobody did any facts. I came like, they don't know. Okay. So, here's the long and the short of it. You were wondering what I did after the movie, all this stuff. So, you know, when I did the New Adventures and I got the movie, I actually got a two-picture deal with Columbia Pictures. So, it wasn't just for one movie. It was for two. Mm. And we were supposed to start filming to be in the South Seas right after we did, or, you know, start to go, give it a few months to go into pre-production and production, so maybe six months after filming the new adventure, so we were supposed to do to be in the South Seas. So here's the thing. As we finished production on the new adventure to be long-stocking, I started developing breasts. <laughs> my, my, my blossoming bosom had to be wrapped every day by the wardrobe ladies because you can't have me playing an 11-year-old when I'm 13 and I'm, I'm, I have boobs. Right. So after that, um, you know, after we wrapped filming, then I uh, I went back to, you know, school and, and being a cheerleader and all that fun stuff. And then we did the tour. So the whole time since I was passing out at 11, it was until I was 15 that finally things I had completed the tour and things were just a little bit more, a little bit slower pace, which is that when you're touring, you know, you work so much. I did like as many as 22 personal interviews in one day. Now, granted, you're staying in a presidential suite, flying first class, meeting kings, kings and princesses. So it's a great job. Uh, but it was, you know, very fast paced. So I took a break from my career and then I went back to it later. And then beyond that, when I wasn't in front of the camera, I 
started, I became a fashion designer for my own business, which was called Dreams, that I had for five years. Uh, that was my second. So when I was a little girl, I dreamed of being a movie star. That was my first dream. And um, as I really got into fashion, like when I was seven, I was reading Seventeen. When I was 11, I was reading Vogue. So finally, I, I opened my own fashion business, and it was great for five years. And then I moved on to my talent development company that I've now had, that I've been CEO of for nine years. So I kind of, you know, when I wasn't in front of the camera, I became an entrepreneur. Right, right. Well, th- so for, from what you just described, it's a- and, and the, like the whole SNL, you were watching SNL and you were reading Seventeen yeah. magazine. And it sounds like you were always, I guess, ahead of your time or or what's the word? Like like a, you were just more advanced than your age, it sounds like. It's interesting that you mention that because especially in regards to my fashion business, so I should tell you, when I started the business, it was, what, 12, 13 years ago. Mm. In my business, one of our best sellers was clothing with angel wings on the back of it. Now Victoria's Secret has got angel wings on the back of the clothing all over the stores. But oh, I was, see? my company was one of the first to do that. I don't know if we were absolutely the first, but really 12, 13 years ago. And also my sketchbook. So, as a, you know, I was a legitimate fashion designer, you know, not just that I was creating graphics for a T-shirt, because sometimes people can get into fashion in that way, and that's, you know, and that's wonderful. But I was actually, you know, designing, you know, dresses and so forth. In my sketchbook, I see designs now that people have been wearing for the past few years that I designed way back then, that I have my sketchbook books for. And, you know, it gives me just this little, you know, this little pleasure to know I would go fashion forward. God knows if I actually was really making a concerted effort to sell all those funds back then because they were very body conscious. I don't know if I would have, you know, made it 12 years till finally there was, or 10 years more, till finally they were all over the scene. But it does give me a thrill to know that I was way ahead of the curve in fashion and, and perhaps some other things. But I think traveling all over the world at a young age makes you it exposes you to what the world is like. It's not, you know, just one the city you live in or the state that you live in. You know, traveling all over the world opens up your eyes to a lot of different things, and I think that that helps in maturing you. So so Victoria's Secret ripped you off? They did not rip me off because, you know, you can't copyright fashion design. Right. So no. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I do own, I own, I own some of their Victoria's Secret angel wings. <laughs> but, wait, so, but when 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 you design something, and and like you said, people were buying it, it it it, it was fine. But then now, all these years later, it's like making this big uh, this big splash or this big fad, and and you say you're fine with it. It it, it doesn't like eat you up inside. Like I invented that. Give oh, me the credit. Oh, you know what? No, not at all. And I'll tell you why. Some of my closest friends are very big in the fashion business internationally. Like one of them was the founder of Sassoon, and now he has this huge company that has like Jessica Simpson's line and all these other things. So some of my, and, you know, I know Max Adjay, who owns BCBG. These are major players in the fashion world. In order to have a huge business that's international, it takes an army of people. So it's not, my, my company was fantastic, and when I had 
my clothing and, you know, in actual department stores and boutiques all over the country, I was thrilled. When they would actually devote an entire wall to just my clothing, I was thrilled. So, no, not at all. And not, and on top of it, Victoria's Secret is not the only company putting angel rings on clothing, you know, nor, nor is there only one designer that does, you know, an A-line skirt or a one, a one shoulder, you know, dress. Right, Everybody true. is doing different, you know, different variations of these things. And that's why as a designer, you have to move from season to season ahead of the curve and keep, you know, keep it fresh, keep it new. So no, I, I love it and I love, I love fashion and, you know, and I, I, it was super fun doing it. That that is a, you're you're a very you're a very uh, well well grounded down to earth person, very mature person to to have that kind of response. Well, thank you. Thank, I mean, <laughs> it's not the end of me designing fashion. You have been to my website and you saw the new line that I designed, which yes. was fine. Okay, right. so I you know, I can continue doing that. You know for you know, the rest of my life in the ways in the ways that I feel inspired to do it. When I did it, it was an internal inspiration of, oh, I really love this design. I want to sketch it out. And that's where it comes from. It comes from inside of me. So if I should have that, you know, that inspiration, you know, happen again, I'll definitely take the ball and run with it. Right now I'm focusing on movies and reality TV and my music. And did you guys hear my, my song, Hollywood Burning? Um, actually, your manager mentioned that to us uh right before this interview so we have not heard it but he said he okay. will send us a copy and we will play if it's okay with you all of it or at least some of it on yeah, here on, on the porn stevenson show yeah it's a really it's a very fun um pop dance single that i did with my friends for Adam smasher and he works with like andy caldwell who's an international dj and a bunch of other people the song was actually written for Paratelton. And then when Tara Tilton decided to work exclusively with Scott Storch, then the song was uh, up for grabs, and so I took it. Cool. Yeah, so we, we will feature that in this episode of the Punch Stevenson Show. Okay. Uh, An exclusive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last question I had was, um, do you do, you do uh, or do you get offered to do a lot of the uh, convention appearances, a lot of other... Uh, celebrities do these days, well, the convent, you know, the comic cons and that kind of thing around the country? I, so I, I am asked to do what kind of falls into the category of hosting, where you go to a club and, you know, you're the host, you know, like a did for, you know, I was in Las Vegas for the kickoff of the Halloween week at the Hustler Club Las Vegas. So I was hosting there um, for the Halloween week stuff party. Um, so I get asked to do personal appearances and hosting and, you know, sometimes do conventions. My manager is really the person who goes through and kind of picks and chooses the ones that she feels are appropriate for me and that are in alignment with my brand. Mm. There's one in New Jersey. If you ever <laughs> want to come back, it's, we'll it's, recommend it to him. It's, it's called Chiller Theater Expo. And we've we've met Ralph Macchio and Steve Gutenberg and Lou Ferrigno and Samantha Fox and so many people. And just think about it. Think about coming back to New Jersey for Chiller Theater Expo. Okay, I will. I'll mention that to my manager. <laughs> um, one last thing. Well, okay, yeah, one last thing. So you are. What, what is your involvement with this? Uh, this can, 
Can you tell us about that? Hearts? God, you know, it's very funny. Like, I was just sitting here, and just for one second, I was like, what is your involvement with this sex tape scandal? I was like, like, "Uh uh-huh. So, I wouldn't have been surprised if you guys would have asked me about that. But you know that that was one of my ex-boyfriends. So I didn't actually go, I mean, I I was not involved in, like, you know, doing something like that. She went behind my back to try and sell, like, our home movies. And the way I found out about that was on TMZ. I woke up mm. to a bunch of phone calls from my agent and my publicist. Have you checked your email? No, I just, I just shut up. So I go on my computer, I click the link, and it says, Tammy Aaron's ex-bitter ex-boyfriend is trying to shop their, <clears throat> like, home movies or whatever. So it was quite, it was quite, quite an experience. I like to wake up with an espresso and a swim in my pool. But that morning, I woke up to, you know, being uh, front and center on, on TMZ and my, my phone blowing up. But anyway. Um, well, wait, wait, wait. Hold on a minute. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> that's what, f- first of all, that's why when you break up, you take the tapes. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, what, you know, here's the thing. Final we were edit. together for almost a year. We were in love. I, I thinking back on it, you know, we filmed all kinds of things, though. So, you know, we filmed playing with the dog and things like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, after, you know, it happened, so I found out about it, I think it was August 27th, and after months of going through legal battles and all this stuff, he said, you know, I'm putting it on a server offshore with or without you. What would cause somebody to be so vicious like that? Creed? Well, we had a bad breakup, number one. And um, it wasn't really, it wasn't really, really bad that I left him. So that probably contributed. But of course, there's money to be made. So, you know, I think, it, you know, I mean, that's the truth. The fact is that he's like, you know, I know, I know that this is worth a lot of money. So, you know. I'm going to see what I can do. But also, we did have kind of a, not a not a very good parting of ways at the end of our relationship. And, and I'm sure that that contributed to it, um, you know, in, in some form or fashion. But, you know, I'm not, to be quite honest with you, it was, you know, a few months of my life going through all this legal stuff. You know, I love who I am. I love my sexuality. Uh, now, you know, there it is. So, and also, I think women should be empowered to be, a, you know, First of all, to be a strong, independent woman, which is the way I am. Number two, don't ever let anybody take advantage of you. I made sure of that. And number three, you know, you have to own who you are as a human being. If you love who you are, everybody else is going to love you too. But you have to own who you are. And I own it. And everybody wants to see it. Fine, there you go. Are you guys still friends? (laughs) Of course not. I I haven't spoken to him months before that. So, of course not. My God, no. I know. know. I'm, I'm being silly. Um, n- number one, just so you know, that I and G- Greg and I would never, ever, ever watch that. So you don't have to worry. We're not going to watch it. Um, and number two, well, because we respect you and, and that's, you know, it's, we, we don't need to watch that. Um, but yeah. so ba- back to your involvement with being a UN ambassador. Can you tell us about yeah. that? Uh, that started my involvement um, as a philanthropist, and I was very fortunate when the United Nations uh, kind of tapped me on the shoulder to become a UNICEF ambassador. They uh, invited me to speak at the United Nations on World Children's Day, which happens once a year at the UN. 
I spoke in the General Assembly Hall, which is the main hall, um, in front of the delegates of over 100 countries. And I also spoke internationally for the United Nations about the hunger, education, and wartime issues that children face globally. So that was very special to me in that, um, because at that time when I was doing that, I was 14 and 15, it really opened my eyes to um, the different cultures of the world and the different ways of life and some of the hardships that children experience. And a, a way that I could use my, my fame to shine a light on these things to kind of help with that. And since then, I've continued doing philanthropy. And right now, um, I'm an ambassador for a company called Heart. Um, and uh, <clears throat> you can actually find out more about it on my Twitter, which is Tammy Aaron Real. So um, Heart has a program called iHeart Change, and they donate a portion of the profits for their clothing and accessories lines to six different international charities that help with all kinds of um, different things, hunger, education, wartime issues, clean water, um, you know, social justice, and things along those lines. So I'm very proud to be representing them uh, as an international ambassador for that. Oh, well, that is that is very noble of you, and we, we appreciate Thank you. That. Thank you. I've been very fortunate in my life. It's my way to, to get back. I've been very fortunate. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That That's how it should be. Um, okay. In closing, because we'll, we'll let you go, um, what do you, what, what are you currently involved in or, or what, what do you want to promote? Well, I have, you know, my, my manager at the Grani TV projects that are moving forward that I'm excited about. I can't tell you the details of them yet, but when, when I'm able to, then I'll come back on and I'll give you the full suit. Then there's yes. the movie The Watcher, which they're getting ready to do, and that's the psychological thriller where they're writing the role for me, uh, being a star who's being uh, stopped. Then I have my music. Um, you know, Hollywood Burning is my first single, and then I'll, you know, do some more after that. And then, you know, there's always new projects coming my way, you know, with modeling or hosting or, you know, fashion design or, you know, I mean, just a bunch of, it's, it's actually coming from so many different directions. I could go on and on about it. I mean, of course, there's, you know, I've even had people say, like, you should be an international sex therapist and, like, inspire women all over the world to have amazing sex with, like, their boyfriends, their fiancés, their spouse. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that could be an adventure of mine or write an erotic novel like Fifty Shades of Grey. You never, you never know what you're going to get with me. I, I, I'm, I love all the things that I'm doing, and I'm having a great time doing it, but those, the reality TV, the movies, and you know, the, the hosting and the personal appearances and, and modeling and things like that. That's kind of in the music. That's kind of what I'm, what I'm sticking to in 2014. Excellent. Well, you are a very intelligent, fun, uh, multi-talented person. And, uh, and, and again, we are honored to have you on the show and we would be honored to have you back in the future to, and, to, to give us updates yeah and hopefully one day uh we can meet you in person at one of these these conventions yeah we, we love yeah, doing that, that was, so. and that would be fun well it was yeah it was, it was fun talking with you guys yeah you too thank you seriously you're welcome. thank you so much thank you you're welcome you're welcome and everybody follow me on twitter on twitter tammy and real excellent all right 
Yeah, yeah. And Aaron, thank you so much. Have a great night. You too. Bye. Hey, bye. Bye. this one all right here's the thing pray that it actually saved that was good actually it was great i'm not complaining it was seriously it was great it was a great interview she and and she came across as this damn thing she came across as someone like i hear obviously wearing those plastic headphones obviously she is a professional interviewee yeah it's not you know like when we talk to like ian petrella or cassine Gaines or whoever it's like they're, they're just more i think ian was half asleep when we talked <laughs> no that was like that was a great episode but um 
they're they're much more conversational and off the cuff and it's improvised. Yeah. Whereas her, like I can tell, and and it was fantastic, but I could tell polished. that yeah, she was very polished. Well, she she is a showbiz professional, right? Whereas we're a couple of numbskulls. <laughs> and we admit we, we we openly admit that every episode of the Paunch Stevenson show, paunchstevenson.com. Well, this actually, you know, it's funny. A lot of what she was saying was basically the same like backstory of Eliza Dushku. Like has, what? Well, Eliza Dushku has three older brothers, and and oh. she was the kind of a tomboy and a goofball, and and this and that. And when I talked to her on the phone, it was a similar kind of interview where it was. I was trying to get like get in questions, and then she just <laughs> right. took off running. Right, well, that's good though. Script, yeah, that's good. Essentially, though. that's but, good. Yeah, very, she was very. very good. Uh, Tammy was very forthcoming on on with, with a lot of things. <laughs> the things. Look, we weren't even going to mention the TMZ stuff. She literally misheard a question we were asking. I was like, "Oh, well, I thought you guys were going to talk about this," and so we talked about it. No, we were we were being very nice, and she was she was very nice too. So no, but in, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, yeah. Um, anytime, Tammy, Aaron, anytime you want to come back on the Paunch Stevenson show, you are well, the door is open. You already said that to her. I'm saying it again. Anytime the door is open, just walk in. Grab a drink out of the refrigerator and sit on the couch and eat some popcorn. <laughs> Is this Cheers? I don't know. Winnie, I'm being serious. No, I'm, I'm. I'm very honored that she came on the show. Yeah, I mean, seriously, that that was Lou Ferrigno would not come on the oh, show. He's a dirtbag. Tammy Aaron is better than Lou Ferrigno. Everybody's better than Lou Ferrigno. No <laughs> offense to Tammy, but he's. I thought worst. you were going to say no offense to Lou. What? Who? Wait, why? Why would Tammy get offended by that? No, no just it, it's a very low standard to, <laughs> to go above Lou Ferrigno. Very low standard. <laughs> Anybody? Anybody's the homeless him. guy on the street? Really? No, um, that's hard. No, t- t- Tammy was great. So Seriously, it was great talking. With right. Her. Well, uh, what I was going to say was, um, now I lost my train of thought. She has to come back to New Jersey. <laughs> come on, chill her theater. Too excited about. Well, here's the. She the, can she can uh, you know mingle with all her her well, her, her peers. We'll from the email the manager. We'll email the manager. But the thing is, her manager. Yes, her manager. We will email him. But like we don't run chill. We don't know the chiller. I mean that those no, guys. They, th- there's an application. She could apply for a table. No, but that that's for promoters. I'm really for managers. Whatever. The, listen, we're going to make. We I, are going to make. This is our mission. All I am saying is the chiller guys. I've asked them before, and hopefully they would have interest. But well, why not? But know. look, you, you have Samantha Fox, you have uh, Shannon Elizabeth, and Joey Shannon, Moore and Adams, and I'm just saying you have all these no, these so. female uh, stars from the 1980s, 90s. Yeah, yeah right. Anyway, Catherine, so, but well, why not Tammy Aaron? She would. I'm telling you, she'd be great there. Fine. We get a picture with Tammy Aaron. Yes. Well, that's what I was kind of indicating. I know. The first time we talked to her... Well, now we're going to have to fly out to Beverly Hills. The first time we, we talked to her uh, on email... Well, for, she thought it was 2006 and it was 2010, but... Right. Um, well, I mean, whatever. She whatever. I'm, I'm just shocked she remembered. <laughs> she did remember, I guess, but what I was going to say was, at the time, we were supposed to set up 
It wasn't a phone call. Like, we were going to go to New York. I think, I don't know if she was living in New York at the time or something. We were going to meet her in New York. And you screwed it totally, totally screwed it up. Well, you know what? Ruined it. It happened for a reason. And now we had a very nice interview. Yes. So this is another one off of our bucket list. So (laughs) who's left? I I mean, like, Seagal? I, I don't know. I mean, we had been talking about this interview for literally three years. Well, this, this is the problem now. And now we're, it happened. Now we're losing all of our best material. All the things <laughs> we've complained about that don't happen for us are gone. Well, because it ha- we, because we made it happen. This is bad, though. So wait, so we are two guys who complain oh, well, when remembers. things happen, when good thing, when the things we want to yeah. happen happen. We complain about it. Well, she's a big fan of Steve Martin, so are we two? Wild and crazy, crazy guys? guys. Uh, no, we're not. But we did meet Dan Aykroyd. Well, excuse me. Yeah, we did meet Dan Aykroyd. Um, uh, the only thing is we can't talk about Steve Martin's dog. I I didn't know he had a dog. From the jerk. I've never seen that. Uh, Anyway, so... I've seen... What Steve Martin movie have I seen? I've seen oh, My, my Blue Heaven. No, not My Blue Oh, My Blue Heaven's great. My Blue Heaven. Yeah, it was okay. It's a rugula. Wait, who's Italian... I think wait, I think I asked this in a previous episode a long time ago, but whose Italian accent was worse in a movie? Steve, Steve Martin, Martin, My Blue Heaven, or Steven Seagal, <laughs> Out for Justice, Gino Foligno? <laughs> I think Seagal's just worse because... Mark C. Martin's was funny though. You know, it was kind of right. meant to be funny. Right. Yeah. Barney Cooper Smith. Oh, by the way, I had I had tweeted "Merry Christmas" to Tammy Aaron's. I wonder if she ever got that. She must have. Um, what I was going to say was, it's interesting you you say that in "My Blue Heaven." Correct me if I'm wrong, but his name in the movie, well, his the fake witness protection name was Tammy Aaron. No, was wasn't it Todd Peterson? Okay, I don't remember. I think it was, and it's funny because that was the the fake name that they gave to the the uh, Andy Samberg character in uh, the the Adam Sandler movie. Oh, uh, just like that, or no? That's my boy. That's my boy. Well, whatever. I got here's the I thing. Got it mixed up. I really like that movie. Yeah, that movie won like every Razzie. Really? Oh, it was, you know it was who a wrote, box office you know bomb? Who did the screen it. You know who did the screenplay for that movie is this guy, David Casp, I think is his name. <laughs> okay. And he did, he created On a M&M's. TV, he, no, he created a TV show that I love, and it got, ABC canceled it. It was from a few, it was like a couple of years ago. It was called Happy Endings. And it had okay. Damon Wayans Jr. and Casey Wilson and, and, uh, uh, Alicia Cuthbert, or whatever her name is. Oh, Alicia Cuthbert? Yeah. Cuthbert? It was very funny. It was a great show. It got canceled, and then uh, he did the, the That's My Boy screenplay, or whatever it was called. Was it that That's My Boy? Yeah. She is a showbiz professional. Right. Whereas we're a couple of numbskulls. <laughs> well, and we admit we, we we openly admit that every episode of the Paunch Stevenson show, paunchstevenson.com.